Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we are talking about the border situation. And boy, are things out of control at the border. Some new numbers are coming in just about how many people have crossed the border illegally. And it is stunning. In addition to that, we're getting numbers of those who are on the terror watch list. There are dozens of those. And tonight, everybody is looking for, sadly, a Texas National Guard soldier who has gone missing, who was trying to save a migrant in the Eagle Pass area. So now it, you know, this is just before Title 42 is about to be lifted, guys. How concerned Are you, when Title 42 will be lifted, which is that health provision that now the Biden administration says that they are definitely planning to lift in May, and in the last few hours, more and more Democrats are getting on board saying, this is not a good idea, Mr. President. They're worried clearly about their own re-election chances. They've got the midterm comings. And can you imagine what that's going to be like when suddenly... A huge caravan of individuals are going to be coming towards the U.S. border. They're basically already saying they're going to line up on May 23rd. They've already said they're going to be there, that they're waiting, that they're in place. And so already they know that Title 42 is being lifted. And they also have T-shirts basically ready saying, hey, we're coming. Thank you, President Biden. Remember, we saw that. When President Biden took office, well, now they're getting ready again. This is round two. And everybody, I see your calls coming in. We're going to be taking your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. And I love my Friday nights here because we always get to hear from you on the biggest issues of the day. And boy, is immigration a big one. And we're going to be talking about that in a big, big way today because this is a hot topic. And now, sadly, it appears that a Texas National Guard soldier has lost his life trying to save an illegal immigrant who was crossing the border, trying to get in. And this is even before the deluge is about to happen, which is going to be May 23rd. We all know that on May 23rd, It is going to be a free-for-all at our U.S. southern border. And President Trump talked about this last night when he was in Washington, D.C., because he said, 
He is so alarmed at what's happening at our southern border and the sovereignty of our country, he believes, is at risk. Take a listen. Our border is being millions of illegal aliens from over 140 different countries, countries that many people have never even heard about. We have no idea who these people are, where they come from. There's no checks. There's no balances. There's no nothing. They just stream into our country by the millions. And he has expressed enormous concern as to what is happening at our border. Can you imagine here? You're the president with basically the most secure border that we've had. And, you know, at our southern border, you start building a wall. And now here it is a little over a year and it has been historic high numbers of illegal immigrants. And this is even before Title 42 is about to be lifted, which, by the way, people are predicting at that moment we will see 20,000 migrants a day that will be having encounters with our border agents. That doesn't even include the gotaways, you guys. I mean, these are just stunning, stunning numbers. And President Trump is going, wow, I can't believe what's happening to our country. In the middle of all this, by the way, President Biden is saying he plans to run again. I mean, he's today we are sitting and thinking about what's happening at our border. We're worried about Ukraine. We're worried about all these other things. And now we have President Biden. What is he talking about today? He's talking about electric cars in the U.S. military. Right now, we have U.S. military troops that are on the border of Ukraine. They're there in southern Poland, the 82nd Airborne, and so many others that are sitting there protecting NATO territory. I don't think they're worried about if it's electric cars or not. But that's what this president is worried about. It just shows that he is so out of touch. And it is so bad that now Democrats, even in his party, more and more of them are getting on board. There's like 11 senators and there are dozens of House members that are Democrats that are coming out and saying, Mr. President, please do not lift Title 42. Because they know that that image of all of them coming to the border, like a cavalcade coming to our southern border from all these different countries, that that is going to be a disaster for them. They know that when it comes time to Election Day, they're going to be like, well, what did you do? You were pushing for this president's policies. Did you fight against Title 42? Did you do anything to block these people coming in illegally on our southern border? Even those who are on the terrorist watch list, we can't even vet them. We can't check them. I mean, there are so many enormous issues. And everybody, again, is just saying that the Border Patrol themselves are overrun. They can't handle it. Right now, they are just already overwhelmed. And they feel like they're more babysitters, they have said, than Border Patrol agents because they just can't even handle all the people that are coming through now. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when it's like three times the amount? That is absolutely insane. And again, at this hour, they are looking for a National Guard soldier from Texas. Um, He was there trying to save an illegal immigrant, trying to rescue somebody who was in the water. He went in the water, um, and apparently a body of the migrant has been found, but the soldier has not been found And this is just so heartbreaking to see. And it's a powerful reminder that our law enforcement that's been vilified by this president. Remember, this president came out and said, oh, they were whipping the migrants, remember, under the Del Rio Bridge, even though they were cleared. This administration hasn't admitted that yet. But also they have just been 
you know, just basically every resource has been taken away from them. And to that, now we have one who is missing, who is risking his life. This is what they do. These guys are heroes down there. They're trying to help those that are drowning or that are in the desert. That's why they wanted the horses, by the way, so they could locate them and they could round them up because a lot of people actually die starving in the desert or hiding in the desert or get, you know, pulled into cartels or coyotes. So they're also trying to protect those that are coming across the border tremendously as well as apprehend them. And they are risking their lives every single day. And again, at this hour, sadly, one of them, one precious Texas National Guard member is missing. And you can bet it just epitomizes, I think, so much how important and how difficult their job is. Take a listen. Here's a little bit from National Border Patrol Council VP Hector Garza. Texas National Guard soldiers are out there risking their lives, not only trying to arrest them, but then at times even trying to rescue them when they're drowning in the river. Yeah, that is what they do. And obviously, as we're knowing now, this one literally went in to go in and save lives and is sadly missing at this hour. The number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Jennifer on line one from Boston. Jennifer, your thoughts about all this? Ooh, hey, Jen, call us back. You're the bad connection. Can you see if you can get a better one? Call us back, okay? And let's go to Debbie in the meantime on line two. Go ahead, Deb. Hi, I'm so glad to get um get on the air to talk to you again. Oh uh, well, I'm glad to get you too, Deb. What are you thinking about all this stuff that's going on at the border? I think everybody should leave except the Ukrainians because most of them are kind people and they're scared out of their wits what's going on in their own country. And, you know, it is a scary thing, by the way. You know, Deb, thank you very much for the call, Deb. You bring up a good point because as we're talking about the people that are crossing the border and there have been a lot of bad hombres, as we've seen, that were on the terrorist watch list, a lot of the Ukrainians that are trying to come to this country are facing hurdles. I mean, that's ridiculous. Those people are clearly, you know, leaving a war-torn situation. There is no question about it. Why is it taking them so long to get through? And yet illegal immigrants at the southern border seem to be just flying through the door. Uh, I mean, that that is a superb, superb point. Let's go to Don on line three. Don, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts, Don? Yeah, how are you? I'm good, Don. What do you think? Good. I I think the reason they won't let the Ukrainians is that they're not going to vote for Democrats, number one. You know what's interesting, Don? Because they're giving the Cubans a hard time, too, and they typically vote Republican. So that that's a very, that's a really, really interesting point, Don. Thanks for the call. That You know, you're right. There's a disparity on who they vote for, and shame on them, because the criteria should be the need, and that should be the focus. I understand we got Jen back on line one from Boston. Go ahead, Jen. Hi, Rita. Thank you so much. Sorry about that. Um, if I could, I wanted to speak to um, the Ukrainian refugees. Are you aware of the, the standards that they're going to have to meet to get into this country? Yeah, I am. But go ahead and fill everybody in. Go in ahead. Words, they're, they're, it's going to be like Ellis Island type of stuff. Um, health checks, vaccines, sponsors, so they won't be a burden. Are you serious? We have 
every Joe Schmo flown across that border with their kids in tow for us to pay for, for us to take care of, with God knows what kind of diseases they're carrying, and yet the Ukrainian refugees that are trying to flee a war-torn nation that is being ravaged have to meet a whole different set of standards? Are you serious? Yeah, that's outrageous. This administration has lost its ever-loving mind. They hate the country. Who do you think the Ukrainians are going to vote for, Reader, if they stay, if they get voting rights? You know. Well, I just brought up, Jennifer, too, that Cubans, have you noticed that they've been much more difficult with Cubans coming into as well? And they typically, as we know, vote Republican. Not always, of course. You can't. Not one group is unanimous, but pretty much they vote Republican. And just like you said, the Ukrainians, too. I mean, this is outrageous, isn't it? The double standard. And if, if anybody fits a need for asylum, it's the Ukrainians, don't you think, Jennifer? Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. Now, you can check that out on the um, Homeland, Secu- Homeland Security. That that directive is from them, that these poor asylum seekers, like you said, who greater than them right now? Absolutely. It, it breaks my heart what's happening. Thank you, Rita. You're a voice of reason and a passionate person. I appreciate you. Thank you. And I appreciate you, Jen, so much. And let's go to Joe on line six. Joe, your thoughts. You just heard from Jen about the total double standard for the Ukrainians versus everybody coming through that southern border, that leaky sieve. Well, good evening, good evening Rita. I, I want to say one thing, one point I want to make. This is a very, very serious situation with this open border. I'm really afraid there's going to be another 9-11 type thing. You know what, Joe? I actually am concerned about that, too, because when you see how many people they've gotten that were on the terrorist watch list, you know, and we know that there are hundreds of thousands that they did not get, that they just couldn't get. They don't have the manpower. So what are they doing to prepare for Title 42? I mean, they can't handle the situation now, and they're about to do something that's many people think is going to increase it, maybe maybe double or threefold. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, that would be astounding. That, that to me, is a crisis. And I, I worry like you do, Joe, too, because this is a time right now where there's a lot of moving parts, where we're seeing what's going on in Russia, you know, with Ukraine, we're seeing, you know, Iran. We're seeing a lot of stuff in, you know, in North Korea. I mean, there's a lot of components out there and there's a lot of bad guys out there. And just like you said, they are not checking the people at the border. And it is such a neon sign to come on in. And the fact that they've gotten some bad ones, you can bet that there's a lot of ones that they did not get and will never get. And that, to me, is is what keeps me up at night. I mean, that, to me, is a huge concern, too, Joe. Thank you very much for the call. You bring up a superb and very important point, because our national security is key, and our sovereignty as a nation is key, and our respect for our borders is key. So what the heck is our president doing, you guys? Today, he is out talking about electric cars in the U.S. military. What about sending our U.S. military to our southern border? What the heck is our president doing? 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. I'll continue with your calls after the break. And we are talking about border security and what I think is paramount, the security of our country. My goodness. And again, our president's out there making sure that our U.S. military is woke enough, 
making sure that they're thinking of climate change. You know, I would basically say I could do an interview. I could do a survey of maybe about a thousand of our U.S. military men and women who I think are amazing, as you guys know. And I don't think any of them would say an electric vehicle is the first thing on their mind right now. I think they'd say, gosh, we're worried what's going through our border. We're worried what's happening in Ukraine for sure. We're worried of what's happening in crime on our streets. I mean, I don't think they're sitting there thinking about, you know, what kind of emissions their vehicles are giving when they might be going to battle. You know, I mean, this is just so crazy. And that is what our president is doing. And that's why I think he's going to get hammered in the midterm elections, because who is sitting there thinking about what kind of pronouns to use in our military, what kind of electric versus what wind energy on the vehicles right now? I think they're a little more worried about our border. They're a little more worried about Ukraine's border. I mean, this is just so nuts. It is so, so crazy. And everybody, I see you calling in. We're going to get to your calls in a moment. But also, I want to talk about a case here in New York, because there is a story that just epitomizes the issue of concern when we're dealing with illegal immigrants, a case of suspected killer who basically, from all accounts, has admitted he did this. So killer David Bonella who is in the country illegally. This is a handyman who has now been accused of killing the queen's mom. This is the woman whose body was found, remember, as stabbed so many times and found dumped in a bag and found in a neighborhood there. And a lot of people are now noticing the background of this guy who is a handyman, David Bonella, 44 years old. He's a Mexican national And he entered the U.S. from Mexico about 21 years ago. And according to reports, he was living here illegally. Take a listen to Nancy Grace talking about the case. This is a horrible, horrible, vicious killing. And now we find it was done by an illegal immigrant. Well, many people would claim this is going to be a slam dunk case by the state against David Benoa, age 44. And also now reports that he should not have been in this country at all. We don't know if he's legally here. And the fact that we cannot confirm that suggests to me that he is illegally here. Otherwise, we would have documentation pretty quickly. Absolutely. And now ICE is saying that they want custody of him afterwards, which means he's here illegally, guys. So what do you make of that? Here is just another case. Remember the Kate Steinle case where the guy opened fire in San Francisco? I was thinking about that case. And then, of course, here's now this horrible, this is one of the most brutal killings. She was stabbed dozens and dozens of times. And now it turns out he's an illegal immigrant working as a handyman in Queens, New York. And this, to me, is just abominable and is a perfect reason why we have to monitor these cases. What about the case of what happened recently. Remember, there was a Harris County Sheriff's deputy in Texas who was killed by an illegal immigrant. There was another guy who got through the border and then killed somebody in Florida. And they found out that he had committed murder in his home country, too, as well. They finally figured it out, but they figured it out well after the fact. This is why we have to vet these people. 1-800-848-9222. one 800 
848-9222. Let's go to Pete on line five real quick. Pete, go ahead. Yeah, Rita, I'll tell you something. The guy was illegally here. I hope the family does something and sues the, uh, you know, uh, people uh, who let this man stay in this country. I mean, how did he pay taxes? How did he run a handyman business? Who did he work for? All these things should be examined, I really think. You know, Pete, uh, yeah, thank you. That, you know what? That's a great point. They should trace how was he sustaining himself all this time? What is the machine behind these illegals? We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great men and women in the law enforcement arena, and there are so many great ones out there. This one story is coming from Riverbend, North Carolina. And take a listen to this. A neighbor helping a neighbor took a tragic turn in that community when an accident caused a near drowning in a canal. And the low tide and quick responses saved the woman. Wait till you hear what happened to her. Police immediately headed to what they were told was a flipped lawnmower. After arriving, they soon discovered a woman who was a Riverbend resident, Riverbend, North Carolina. She was about three feet underwater, trapped by her large John Deere riding lawnmower, about to drown. You know, those big ones are very, very heavy. Well, the police chief in the area said he was the first officer to arrive since he was less than 30 seconds away. She was cutting grass, apparently, in her neighbor's backyard, and she said she accidentally hit the gas instead of the brake and went right off the bulkhead into the water. The heavy lawnmower had flipped over on top of her and was pinning her to the bottom of the canal. She got very lucky because the tide was out. And now in between taking on water, the woman said that she was hollering for help. And the first thing that she saw was khaki pants. And she said she smiled because she knew that it was Riverbend police. She said, oh, my gosh, as soon as I saw that, I knew I was going to be okay." The police chief said that once he located her, he dived into the water. He held her head above the surface. He also got other officers to respond to the scene. And meantime, the department said that we often hear people say that seconds can make the difference between life and death. And this was absolutely one of those cases. Bravo to the quick and amazing response time by the chief of police there in Riverbend, North Carolina, helping this woman who absolutely uh, would have drowned had he not been there on the scene. What an amazing, amazing story. Well, we are talking about what's happening at the border and some new revelations coming that of this horrible case of this woman who was stabbed to death uh, by her handyman. This is in Queens, New York, and this case has been making headlines around the country. Now we are learning that the Queens mom who was brutally killed uh, was killed by a guy who was living here illegally. He shouldn't have been leaving here to begin with. And this is raising lots of issues. And Pete, who just called, I love the call that you just gave, Pete, because you brought up some great points. How was he living here for apparently 21 years? Who was paying for him? Was he getting paid off the books? Where was he living? Who knew he was here illegally? Does he have a criminal record? We don't know, but this is a perfect example 
of what happens when you don't vet people and when you don't deport people who are living here illegally. And clearly this is somebody who had a violent temper. My goodness. He stabbed this woman dozens upon dozens of times. It is just a horrible, horrible story. But it also epitomizes that we have often had a lot of serious, very horrible crime cases in our country, and often they are tracked back to illegal immigrants. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in North Carolina on Line 8. John, your thoughts about this? Uh, good evening, Rita. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, I, you know, I'm an older guy. I've been um, watching this go on for years and years. And when Reagan was in uh, some in the early 80s, both parties, Republicans and Democrats, agreed that they would take a certain amount of uh, you could show that you'd been in the country as an undocumented as an undocumented alien. You could stay. You had to prove it. And that was agreed to. Well, it never, you know, it never uh, obviously was solved. It's not going to get solved. And the reason I called in is because I do listen to you guys down here in North Carolina. That's good. By the way, where are you in North Carolina? I used to work at WBTV in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm over in uh, just next to uh, just next to Raleigh in Cary. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. I know exactly where that is. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, we're growing big time. There's a big, uh, big growth down here, and we have, we have uh, since the ninety mid nineties, the uh, there was a lot of work here for the undocumented, so we've seen that growth too. But my point is, I just had to say, I, you know, I'm listening to you carry on, and I agree with you all ten percent. And I called my congressperson this uh, this week because of this. It's not going to end. It's it's over. We either have an enforcement. You know, it's kind of like we're watching the ship go down that we're all have done very well on and love most of us. And the ship's going down, you know, Biden and and the Democrats and the progressives and the Republicans don't, you know, they don't stand up when they should. A lot of them. There's a few. But I just sit there and I go, this is ridiculous. You know, you, John, by the way, you bring up a great point about the Republicans, too, because there are some that are standing up. But you're right. I think a lot of them, first of all, a lot of them know that this is going to be bad for the Democrats, this issue with the Title 42 being lifted. And they're speaking out against it. But I think they're also looking at it as a, quote, campaign issue, too, as well. So I think that there's a lot of politics as you're bringing it up. Um, but the Democrats clearly have done nothing. I mean, it's astounding to me, John. I mean, and I've covered presidents a long time. I can't remember how different our security, our national security and our international security, um, how much more degraded it has become in just, you know, a little over a year of Biden's presidency. I've never seen such a dramatic turn. And and I disagree when you say that it's over. I mean, I don't think it's over. I don't think we need to surrender our country. I do think we got to hurry up and turn and right the ship, as you aptly say. Um, but I also think that good people speaking out and voting. Look, the midterms are coming up. Um, there's a lot of primaries around the country that are taking place in June, too. But the midterms are coming up. 
vote people out who don't have respect for law and order, who don't. I mean, this is this needs to be a resounding message that we're not going to live in a country that's a free for all without being vetted. And, and these sort of double standards that we're talking about. Uh, do you see a way to to turn the ship around, John? Yes. The only way I've thought about this a lot and the only way that we can survive as a nation and keep what we were given by our forefathers, which most people have no clue how hard it was and what this nation was founded on, which is freedom and getting away from the king in Europe. The solution has got to be enough people have to uh, group together and say enough is enough. And when I did say, you know, it's over, it doesn't mean I just go hide my head in the sand. I do still speak up. I do still, you know, act as a as a, a good citizen. But at the same time, it has to be a group thing. We have to rise up. Don't listen to anybody. Just all your all you have to be responsible for is yourself. And that means you, everyone listening to my voice, call don't email, write a letter call and, and, you, and call your congressperson, your senator, be very respectful. And when the staff member picks up the phone, be very respectable, respectful. Respectful, but, yep. Respectful, sorry. <laughs> I know what it's you late. meant. <laughs> it's late. Even in North Carolina, it's late. But we, we be respectful in your uh, in your discussion over the phone, but come from the heart and mean it. We all know there is so much deceit and corruption, and it's going to, I'm going to say, it's going to take us down if we don't stand up and say enough is enough. And every person as an individual must do that. Yeah, I absolutely agree, John, 1,000%. Thank you very much for the call. I 1,000%. And I also would like your approach about being respectful, being courteous. That's what you have to do. But I also believe power in numbers. And I want to see, you know, I think people should be out there picketing. I think people should be out there protesting peacefully, respectfully, but out there getting the message. And I also think for sure, when it comes time to the voting booth, you have to look at who cares about the safety and security of our country. I mean, we can't suddenly have hundreds of thousands of people that we have no idea where they came from or what their criminal background is. None of them vaccinated, not checked. I mean, all these things. It's, it's just like, you know, you think about the way that people have been treated across this country. And we're going to get to it. And by the way, in the next hour, I want to talk with you about the good old Dr. Fauci, who now is coming out and he's blasting the judge who is saying that the mask mandates on mass transportation shouldn't happen. Remember, it was a judge that came down in Florida, Trump appointed, and Fauci's like, oh, this judge is terrible. They're now smearing the judge. It's like, like you know, Fauci wants us to be perpetually, you know, vaxxed up and perpetually masked up. You know, these people are like continuing, continuing, continuing. And yet he never says anything about the southern border. Never says a thing about the southern border and demanding that those people be vetted and those people be vaccinated and checked. It's like there's no COVID on the border. That to me is astounding. Let's go to Hussein in New Jersey on line five. Go ahead, Hussein. Hey, how are you, Rita? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? I'm hanging in and hanging on. 
<laughs> what do you think? What do you think? And by the way, he was saying, what do you make of the fact of this horrible case in Queens, which is just so heartbreaking? Well, well, I have a couple things to say on it. Now, everybody, don't come after me, but I just have a few things to say. Now, do I know that he's allegedly illegal, blah, 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 and it's terrible. Um, but is she legal? Is she a legal resident of the United States? We haven't seen otherwise. And what does that, what does that mean? She was a victim. Well, I mean, it's pretty clear no, she's she, the victim she, here, she, you know? She, she she's not around, she Hussein, vic- Hussein, she's not around to defend herself, if that's where you're going. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But he, he, neither is he. But I'm just saying, everybody was pointing the finger at the illegal and, you know, all these horrible things. I mean, what he did was absolutely terrible. He should get the chair, obviously. But uh, the other thing I want to bring up, the guy Pete earlier that said that the. uh, But hang on one second. Hey, I got to go back to you on this one. What's the difference of her status? And we haven't heard that she was, you know, illegal by, you know, but. What would that? She's the victim. I'm a little confused why why you'd even go there. He's he is clearly the perpetrator. He turned himself in. Um, he apparently went back to the scene, um, and then also obviously is a horrible, brutal case. I mean, it, you know, you look at the background of the perpetrator, not the victim. He well, I mean, it depends on the case. I've seen him go directly to the, uh, I mean, go to the opposite and not even discuss the other side, like. I mean, other cases, but I can't go back that way now. But I just want to bring up one thing about what Pete said earlier. When the guy said about uh, the people who were who hired the illegal person and how long has he been here working, nobody checked his background, blah, 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 right? So I know a businessman in Manhattan who told me that he has a lot of illegal people working for him, and he called it good business that he hired these people and not vetted them and so on and so forth because he was saving so much money having the people work for him and not having to pay, you know, citizens and XYZ. So he hired these people, and he had a lot of them, and none of them were uh, documented and, and, and illegals. But he said it was good business. That's why he had them work for him. Well, and Hussein, thank you for the call. But you're right, because that's exactly why a lot of people do do it. You know, they, they can pay them less money. They pay them off the books. I mean, there's a lot of handymen. There's a lot of people who are groundskeeper. Uh, there are a lot of business owners that employ them still to this day. Uh, but if they're not being checked and they're not being vetted and they're also not paying taxes. So it's not appropriate, obviously, for so many different, different reasons. And particularly those that are crossing the border. I mean, some of the examples that I brought up of late uh, that have just happened, some of those ones that I was just mentioning before of the guy who killed somebody in Florida, the one who killed the deputy in Texas. Now we know it's this guy, this David Bonella, who killed somebody. He killed, you know, the queen's mother, the 51-year-old queen's mother. I mean, it's just horrible. It's an absolutely horrible case. And it's like case after case after case. And it's a perfect example. You know, we don't know what's in this guy's background. I mean, in the case of the guy who killed the person in Florida, turned out he had a murder conviction in his home, you know, in his home country. And then he fled that country, came across our border. Nobody checked him. And then he kills again. I mean, that to me is just a classic case of why we have to have a much better system. It's just, it's outrageous and it's dangerous. Let's go to Bill in line four. Go ahead, Bill. First of all, Rita, I love you. Thank you very much, Bill. That's back at you, my friend. Let me make two points. First of all, the border, there is no border. Once Trump was out of office, there was there's no more border. And now, and second of all, Biden really, when people all, oh, there's no evidence that he got into all of it. 
when you have uh, a million and a half fake votes that they put in, is what, that's what they did in Pennsylvania to hey, make Biden hey, win. Hey, Bill, 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 hang on a second, Bill. Bill, we're talking about the border tonight. If you can just stay focused, because I love you and I want to give you time, but stay focused on the border. How is How do you think that will affect the elections? The fact that he even got into office with the with all, with the with the fraudulent that they keep saying there's no evidence here. CNN, oh, there's no evidence. There's, there's a million and a half reasons of evidence how he got it. Anyway, there is no border. There is no border. Once Trump got was uh, uh, out of the order, that's it. And it's so funny you have callers like that lady uh, about five callers ago. Oh, Ukraine! Oh, they're going cuckoo over there. There's millions of idiots like that lady makes such a stupid comment about a country at war. Oh, they cook it. That's the problem with the United States. There's so many idiots here, and they, they get these people into office, and now the country, it's, you know, it's similar to Ukraine. It's very similar to what's going on in the United States, in Ukraine. But they're not using rockets in the United States. They're using handguns and knives. And, uh, I mean... Case after guy, I can give you thousands of illegals who have committed uh, horrendous crimes. They don't care. None of the people in the cities, whether it's on the West Coast or the East Coast, they don't care. Although, and Bill, thank you for the call, but I'll tell you that I actually think you're right. A lot of people have turned a blind eye to it, but now, sadly, crime has gotten so bad. And I think that this time, I think we're going to see a different result in a lot of different elections. I mean, we saw it. I'll just give you an example. I mean, you saw there was a case recently in San Francisco where a Republican got in Sacramento. There was also a case, by the way, I mean, there's been a number even in like, say, like in New York. You look at like Nassau County. There are a couple places where clearly people said law and order matters. And I think it has gotten sadly so bad that it has become a huge top issue. I think crime is going to be an enormous issue come November in the elections that people are finally waking up because it's not a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat issue. It's an American issue. And we all want our streets safe. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. We're talking about the effect of immigration. And now word that this guy who stabbed the woman in Queens to death is an illegal immigrant. And who knows what's in his background? 1-800-848-9222. And we are talking about the massive influx of illegal immigrants that we are already seeing at our southern border. And this is before Title 42 is going to be lifted on May 23rd. And things are so bad that now there are dozens of House Democrats at the House of Representatives and also it's about 11 senators. These are ones, all the Republican ones are against the lifting of Title 42. But now there is a chorus of Democrats who are really, really concerned because they know it's going to hurt their reelection chances. That's what I think. Um, I think some of them maybe also care about our border. And one of them who's been really vocal about all of this is Democrat Henry Cuellar of Texas. He's a Democrat, but for the longest time, he's been the lone voice about security at the border. And this is what he had to say about now some of his comrades finally coming around. In six months, we had over one million encounters. And and that doesn't even include the getaways 
this last month, we had 221,000 individuals. So the numbers are going to continue uh, uh, getting larger and larger, and it's yeah, it's unfortunate. And I'm glad that I, there are other Democrats, uh, both in the Senate and the Congress, that are seeing what I've been seeing for a while. And one of the things that a lot of people are seeing is fentanyl, which right now has been an enormous issue. It's a leading cause of death for Americans, 18 to 45. And they've had some cases of late where 12 and 13 year olds have died from fentanyl in this country. So why not use the border, this this whole Title 42, this health restriction? If you're going to say, all right, well, there's no COVID at the border. We're going to lift it there. Then put it in place for the issue of fentanyl, illegal fentanyl, toxic, deadly fentanyl crossing the border. You know, they just made a bust recently that would have killed, they said, 10 million Americans, not 10 Americans, 10 million, that it was so voluminous, it is so toxic, and it is coming across the border. It's coming through China and everywhere else and then coming through our southern border. And this is what Congressman Lance Gooden had to say about fentanyl. I have asked uh, Joe Biden just today to declare fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction because I believe it is slowly destroying our nation. And let's go to your calls. Let's go to George on line one. George, your thoughts about what's happening at the border and how all these illegal immigrants and fentanyl are getting through in a big, big volume. Rita, the Democrats don't care. And I'm sorry to say it's about race. It really is. It's about undoing whatever Trump had because they know he's going to run again and he's probably going to win. They're just destroying this country. If you're a politician, you want to destroy a country, you should be in contempt. You should be put away. It, it is it is unbelievably disgusting how you can get away with it. Now the Democrats are going to come because of the timeline. Now they come. Where, where have you been? Exactly, you been? George. Thank you for the call because you're right. It's like now they're having some epiphany. It is so insincere. Well, we're going to continue with this after the break. There are several caravans coming from South American countries, and they are en route to our U.S. southern border. And guess what day a number of them are going to be arriving? They've picked a couple days, one of them in November, surprise, surprise, Election Day, and other ones coming much sooner. They are looking at coming on May 23rd. They even are going around talking about it and posting on social media. This is how brazen they are. They're going around saying, you know what? Biden is lifting Title 42, so I'm going to go to the border on May 23rd and get in. There are these pictures of them, even some of them already there at the border waiting, seeing some of the broken parts of the wall because, of course, President Trump started it. And now they're there standing at the broken pieces, kind of mocking the wall And saying, thank you, President Biden. I can't wait to come in illegally into the country because it's going to be a free for all on May 23rd. If that doesn't say volumes, I don't know what does. And now there are calls by a number of people who feel that Mayorkas, the deputy, the Department of Homeland Security secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, many people are saying, you know what, why is he even there? And why is Kamala Harris there? She's supposed to be the border czar. What the heck are they doing? And when Jen Psaki is asked, okay, well, what kind of preparations are going to come? We know that the border is going to be a mess. 
And it's already a mess. It's already a leaky sieve. And it's going to get so much worse when Title 42, this health provision, is lifted on May 23rd. So what's the plan? And the White House is like, well, we're not really sure. We're going to be doing something. We're trying to figure it out. And we're going to be doing some meetings about it. Are you kidding me? That's their answer to what I think is going to be a catastrophic situation for our American security. Take a listen. This is Congressman Henry Cuellar, a Democrat, who says the border right now is a disaster and it's going to get a whole lot worse. What we're seeing is it's literally an open border. It's an open border. And the more people come in across and the Title 42 goes away, the numbers are going to definitely increase. And we're going to see uh, you know, a, a situation where uh, Border Patrol is going to continue to be overwhelmed. And already they are overwhelmed. As I mentioned, there is a member of the National Border Guard, the Texas National Border Guard, that is missing at this hour after saving an illegal immigrant who died while he was swimming. So the Border Guard went in, and now the immigrant has been found, sadly, who also perished. And they believe the guard has, too, as well. They just can't find him. He's been missing now for some time. And let's pray that he actually is found safe and sound. Meantime, You look at the inconsistency of this president's policies, and I think that this is going to really hammer him out. I mean, some of the latest polls that were just coming out today and in the last few days especially are showing that this president is doing so poorly, even with Hispanics, those who have come here legally. But the overall poll numbers for this president basically is like a 33 percent approval rating. That is terrible. And people are just seeing these double standards all over the place and are fed up. They are just so fed up with these different policies, you know, different policies for law. And then yet, if you want to come through the southern border, don't worry. You don't have to worry if you're vaccinated. We're not going to check your criminal record because we can check in your home country. We're basically giving you a free cell phone and saying, hey, come on back and we'll give you a court date maybe in a year or two. Hopefully you'll come. Many of them, most of them never do. It's the honor system with people we have no background, no idea who they are, no sense of what their criminal history is. And then we're sending them on these migrant secret flights in the middle of the night to cities all over the country. How is that for really keeping track of them? Boy, is this a mess. And so Asa Hutchinson, who is the governor of Arkansas, said there are so many problems with this Title 42. He just finds it so ridiculous. And it comes at a time where, as we know, this administration, I can't believe this, is fighting now and appealing the judge's ruling. Remember, a judge came down and said, "Okay, there won't be any more mask mandates on mass transportation in the United States. We're going to put a block to that, that the Biden administration doesn't have the jurisdiction to do it. They shouldn't be allowed to do it anymore. We're going to put a big kibosh on that. So, Let me get this straight. So then the Biden administration comes back and says, we're going to appeal this decision because we really think that COVID is still an issue in a lot of big cities. You know, it's still a problem. And we think it's a real problem, especially on mass transportation in America. So, all right. So you're telling me sitting on a plane, sitting on a train, uh, you know, in a, in a car, whatever the case is, you know, mass transportation type uh, situation. That that's a huge concern right now for COVID. But somebody who's been sleeping under a bridge or who's been traveling for weeks, if not months, to get to the southern border, 
and living in very terrible, dire situations, because obviously it's very tough for them along the way, that that's not a health risk. That is insane. Listen to Governor Asa Hutchinson. If you believe that the uh, public health emergency continues to exist and you're going to uh, impose the mass requirement on airlines, well, if it still exists, we have to keep Title 42 in place. That is an inconsistency. Boy, is that an inconsistency. There's no COVID on the U.S.-Mexico border. What do you make of that? That, to me, is such utter hypocrisy, guys. And it comes at such a horrible, just like blatant time where there are so many different standards, where they're telling Americans and they're telling people who haven't gotten the vaccine still in a number of companies, well, you're going to have to be let go. We're really sorry about that. But you're coming through the southern border. There's no requirement. This is insane. And so... Dr. Fauci, a name we haven't heard for a while, thank goodness, because and he's probably very upset that he hasn't been doing tons of interviews of late because nobody really wants to talk to him anymore. They're realizing that maybe there's some questions about the Wuhan lab and everything else. Well, Dr. Fauci basically blasted the judge who said there shouldn't be a mask. Where is Dr. Fauci when it comes to the U.S. southern border? He has never criticize those coming across the southern border and say that they should be vaccinated why isn't he out there now saying that title 42 shouldn't be lifted if he is the covid patrol he's nominated himself to be the like chief of police for covid patrol if that's who he is and he is against people sitting on a plane because he's worried about covid why isn't he speaking out about our southern border to me that is such utter hypocrisy by this guy who claims that he is not a politician and he is a politician to the nth degree. Uh, take a listen. Here is a little bit of Dr. Fauci blasting the decision about the mask mandate to lift the mask mandate. And again, he said zero about the border. Take a listen. Do you believe this sets a dangerous precedent for public health, this ruling? I, I do. I do. And that's the reason why the CDC has recommended that the DOJ essentially appeal that. So let's appeal that. But I'm not going to say a single word about the problems that are going on at the border. I I mean, this is just insane. And we know that when they were monitoring them for a brief time, when they were doing even checks for coronavirus on those who crossed the border, it was at an exponentially higher rate than the average American population in terms of positivity rates. I I mean, it's just, it's common sense. And the facts bore it out too. And yet he says zero about those crossing the border. But he takes a swipe at the judge who issues the mask mandate ruling. Again, it was a Trump-appointed judge, and he can't get it out of his head. Take a listen. Well, that's what we're worried about, Bob. We're worried about a precedent that would be a dangerous precedent. The CDC has the capability through a a large number of trained epidemiologists and scientists to be able to make projections and make recommendations far more than a judge with no experience in public health. So where is Dr. Fauci, who claims to be the barometer of public health when it comes to those at the border? Why do you make, what do you make out the fact that he's, like crickets, not saying a word about anybody who crosses the southern border. He couldn't wait 
to take a swipe at the judge. And nor could a lot of these other liberal commentators. We saw Joy Reid basically called the judge like almost equated this judge to like Hitler. I mean, it was just horrible saying the judge is unqualified, is a dictator, is an autocrat, is a monster, is a this. I mean, these horrible things. And yet, no comment about the southern border. There's no problem with Title 42 being lifted for health concerns. I mean, are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman on line two. Norm, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, hi, Rita. Uh, okay, uh, first thought on Title 42. Uh, just playing devil's advocate here, but maybe it's better if Title 42 is lifted. Why is that? that this would, well, so that that would definitely or better ensure that we'll have a Republican landslide this fall. I mean, you know, the Democrats are going to they're going to there's going to be some kind of an adjustment. And I believe that there's going to be a last minute thing with Title 42. They're going to keep Title 42 and they're going to keep all these illegals like under the wraps, just like they don't. You know, you're not hearing about the the flights going into Westchester from The New York Times and all. the. So, you know, the more outrageous, I think, what happens in May, the, the better, perhaps for America. Well, you know, it's interesting. I do think it certainly highlights the problem. I just worry about our country, Norm, because how much damage can be done between May 23rd and Election Day? There's a lot of damage. I mean, we're seeing these unbelievable numbers. I mean, in March alone, of those, these are just the encounters of the ones that actually Border Patrol came in, you know, in contact with, 221,000. That's in one month, and that is a historic high of 22 years, Norm. I mean, that's an amazing number. So think about how much damage could be going on between May 23rd uh, when they're sitting, they're already amassing, you know, getting ready at the border for that moment. It's like, you know, liberation day to them, you know. So it's, you know, it's – and listen, I don't blame anybody for wanting to come to our country. It's the greatest country in the world. I blame our politicians who have the worst policy in the world – and don't seem to care about sovereignty of our nation, at least this administration. So my concern, Norm, is think about how much damage could happen and how many people could flood through the gates um, that have, you know, criminal record, health issues. I mean, all of this is like and, – and, Norm, I know that you and I have talked before because I know that you've done a number of the mandates, like the anti-mandate rallies and stuff, um, and you've been a big supporter of that. Listen to – I mean, the fact that Fauci – is like criticizing the judge who voted against continuing the mask mandate, you know, on mass transportation. And yet he doesn't say a thing about what do you make of that, like, total double standard norm? I mean, it's it's just it's shameful. It's so transparent. Well, Dr. Fauci, a man who in 2019 said that masks would not be effective in preventing COVID, now hypocritically is the mask king. He is financially compromised and, I believe, helped bring this virus to the states by his Wuhan lab experiments. So who cares what this old prune thinks? Yeah, you know what's interesting, Norm? You bring up um, the lab issue. I One of the things that the Republicans have said, and we heard this from a number of them, is that they said if they get into power, if they have the House and the Senate and they're able to at least do some hearings, they will call for hearings into the origins of the coronavirus. So 
I actually, I would really like to see those hearings because, and I'd love to see Fauci grilled and being forced to answer appropriate questions. I would like to see a deep investigation. For some reason, the Democrats don't seem to care about the origins. And that, to me, is shameful. Wouldn't that be a highlight, Norm, if we could see that at some point? Yes, that would be. You know, and not just for Um, us. And Norm, by the way, not just for us, for the world. You think about the damage that, that the virus has done. And if it turns out that, you know, a lot of these things that we have heard in terms of the grant money and all the things that he didn't tell people about Fauci and, and if we can really get to get somebody in that Wuhan lab, boy, wouldn't that be interesting? That would be great. Yeah, let's hope for it, Norm. So let's see what happens, Norm. Boy, there are a lot of questions. You brought up some great points there, Norm. Thank you very much. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. Fauci doesn't care what happens on our southern border. But boy, if a judge says, you know what, maybe we don't need to mask up anymore on our mass transportation on planes and trains. Oh, that is a horrible, despicable judge, according to Dr. Fauci. But crickets doesn't say a word when it comes to our southern border. Boy, what a politician he's turned out to be. We're going to continue your calls. 1-800-848-9222. And we are taking your calls on a Friday night. I always love Friday night here on the Rita Cosby Show because we open up the phone lines. And I love hearing from you every night. Uh, But on Friday night, we try to make sure that it really is a town hall and talk with you about a lot of big issues. And, of course, one of the biggest ones is our border. And I can't believe that good old Dr. Fauci, and I'm being facetious about that because I got a lot of questions about that guy and his connection to the Wuhan lab and a lot of other things. Well, Fauci is now blasting this judge that put a block on the mask mandate. Remember, the judge came down and said this was a Trump appointed judge who said, I don't think. We need to have a mask mandate anymore. And Fauci said, oh, this is so bad because, you know, COVID is a huge issue in America. It's still a major, major thing. And yet when Fauci's asked about, hey, well, what do you think about the border? He doesn't say anything like he has no problem with the border being wide open and lifted because of Title 42, which was in place because of the virus. That's why Trump put it in there to put as a block to maybe get people vetted and people kicked out of the country and to protect this country. And now President Biden, as we know, is lifting it in May. And Fauci, no problem at the border. But boy, if you lift it for trains or planes or anything else, then it's a problem. My goodness. Take a listen, first of all, of how bad things are at the border. This is Cochise County, Arizona Sheriff Mark Daniels talking about how bad things are. And he knows it's going to get a lot worse soon. Southwest borders in crisis mode and Title 42 uh, with no action plan to address it, uh, scares sheriffs, scares mayors and scares governors. And many people are very concerned. But Dr. Fauci isn't scared. Let's go to your calls, everybody. Let's go to Stefano on line one. Stefano, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, how are you? I'm good. What Uh, do you think? I don't know. I tell you what I think. Uh, there's so much to unpack and uh, so many ideas in my head. I don't know how to tie them and string them all together to make sense. Tell you the truth, but um, so we go on night after night about all these issues, and we're all on the same page, and we agree that it's incredible and this and that. And the more I hear it, the more I can't help being upset 
with our own kind. It's like I, I, I almost envy the Democrats to a certain extent because the way they stick together and lying straight to your face, but it's not a problem. They stick together. You will never find among them a Mitt Romney, a Collins, a Murkowski. How is it that we can never find these people among them yet? Uh, what about a, what about a Liz Cheney, Stefano? Talk about a Liz. Uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. It, 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 the thing is, the, the point is you could find them among us, but you can't find them around. They just wanted to cannibalize Cuomo now at the end because, you know, he made the mistake of going against Clinton. But the point is, I don't feel betrayed by Democrats and liberals, not for a second, because I, that's what they've represented. I mean, I feel bad for those uh, Kennedy Democrats that, you know, still believe that there's actually, you know, a, a middle ground. I mean, by now, I mean, they should put that to bed. But the point is, I'm, we have to start primarying all these people out of the office because they're the ones that betray us because we vote for them. We're not voting for Democrats and liberals. We're voting for Republicans and conservatives. The problem is when they get there, they never do what they promise us. Well, so Stefano, we Stefano, have, have- you brought up a great point um, because – you have to make sure that they deliver on their promises because, yeah, there are a number of people that are out there and say, oh, I'm for this, I'm for that. But the proof is in the pudding, as you said. And right now, you know, words are cheap when we're worried about crime as we are. We're worried, of course, about what's happening at the border security on that level as well. I mean, there's so many issues and you're right. It's like it's time to kind of like put up or shut up. And to really know who you're voting for and what they delivered. And that's actually a great point because there should be some, okay, here's what they said they would do. And was it all talk or did they actually do it? So, you know, when you go into the voting booth, you can make an educated decision. That is so, so important and so, so vital. Those are great, great points, Stefano. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. What do you make of the border And how big of an issue do you think it's going to be election time? Joe Biden is telling friends that he plans to run again. And he's going to tout his successes between now and Election Day. I'm thinking if that's the case, he has about five minutes. And then he's done with touting his successes. What are the other successes? Is the border a success? I don't think so. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great men and women in the military and, of course, also their families. This is one of my favorite segments that we do every night here on the show. And this is a beautiful story where Wisconsin veterans were sent to Washington, D.C. as part of honor flights to recognize them and appreciate them. I love this. Several Wisconsin veterans traveled to the nation's capital, and they did it yesterday as part of the Badger Honor Flight. The veterans said that they experienced a mix of emotions as they visited several monuments built to honor them and the servicemen and women who never made it home. Standing at the World War II Memorial, these veterans were saluted and remembered for their courage, strength, and also their bravery. Honor flights were paused for two years due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and the Badger Honor Flight has made 
40 trips to Washington, D.C. since 2010. Bravo to them. Uh, the communication director for the Badger Honor Flight said, quote, it's a lot of work to get it together, but boy, is it worth it. You get to see their faces when they're walking around here. They're having the time of their life. And by the way, the next flight by the Badger Honor Flights is May 14th, and it will be exclusively for the women who have served in the military. And what a great, great thing that they are doing to bring folks to the monuments in Washington and to be recognized and heralded, which we all love and love seeing them appreciated and smiling and grinning ear to ear. Well, we are talking, of course, about the situation on the U.S. southern border. And there are a lot of calls to get more military members. We know that there are some members of the Texas National Guard that are there at the border. But a lot of people are saying that a full-scale military operation should almost be there, especially after May 23rd, when Title 42 is going to be lifted. And meantime, Dr. Fauci, he won't say a word. To me, it is so shameful that he's asked about the border, doesn't say a word, and yet he's blasting anybody who is lifting mask mandates. He's basically saying, oh, that person is premature in doing that. That's not good. It's like he's worried about his relevance or something, that he's not going to be important anymore. You know, he won't be on People magazine anymore. He's the sexiest man alive, you know? So he's like, oh, I got to get back in the game. But yet he won't condemn the fact that Title 42 is being lifted on the border. That is that health restriction. So in other words, he doesn't think there's a health issue with migrants who are sleeping under a bridge for weeks or months, that's no problem. No health problem there. But if you're on an American Airlines flight or a JetBlue flight, boy, you're in trouble. I mean, does anybody make sense of this? This, to me, just shows what a politician he is. one 800 Let's go to Dave on Line 5 from Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts about the good Dr. Fauci? Well, thank you for taking my call. Uh, well, the good Dr. Fauci, I, I think he should be called the good Dr. Falsy because he's been false and misleading. And I think in my humble opinion, he's epitomized the politicization or the politicizing of science. And, you know, what I mean, I, you used to respect the CDC and other government uh, health care agencies as independent minded. Now it seems ultimately corrupted by the deep state. And I don't know when we're about to trust these agencies ever again. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point because the trust has been so deeply eroded, Dave. You know, people don't feel and and the fact that and even on like the Dr. Fauci issue, you know, when I heard him taking swipes at this judge, it's like, give me a break um, and not saying a word about the border. And yet he also didn't say a word about those grants. Remember with the ecosystem, you know, with the, the company and it had the ties to the grants. And lo and behold, they were studying, you know, coronavirus gain of function. And he was, you know, back and forth with Rand Paul as to was it gain of function or was it not? Never admitted there was anything that he knew anything of tied to China. And in fact, I remember we had um, Mark Meadows on the show, Dave, you know, the former chief of staff for President Trump. And he's like, never did Fauci ever bring up and a number of other key, you know, Pentagon, you know, key uh, Trump officials all said they had never once heard Fauci in all the meetings that they sat in when it was crisis time, you know, especially at the very beginning of the COVID-19. 
They had meetings every day. They'd go through everything. Did Fauci mention a thing about the coronavirus and the tie maybe to the Wuhan lab and the grants that he was aware of and all this other stuff? No, he never said a word. How sad is that? They didn't find out about any of this stuff until afterwards. So when he was giving them advice and saying something, they had no idea that he had potentially other interests out there. I mean, boy, he has just turned out to be a huge old phony baloney. Uh, Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn on line two. Jim, your thoughts. Yes, Fauci helped communist China make or increase the contagiousness of the coronavirus. That's gain of function. Now, imagine communist China with that technology putting that increase in contagiousness, putting that on a more deadly virus. They would be worse It would be worse than a nuclear bomb, especially because China would, prior to releasing it, have all their population inoculated. That coronavirus got half of an aircraft carrier infected, where they would be out of commission in time of war. So communist China, people don't understand. They say, what is China's goal? They're communist. Their goal, their written goal, their stated goal is communist victory worldwide. You know, when a couple of times I talked to you about the left, and you referred to it as alternative universe. In communist writing, they, they refer to what you're talking about, counter-hegemony. It's amazing, where they built a counter-movement, a counter-movement of ideals, policy, strategies, and belief systems, systems totally opposed to traditional America. Well, and so Jim, by the way, massive movement. It, Jim, we're, we are seeing it on so many levels. I mean, I'm just thinking, and thanks for the call, Jim, but I'm thinking about, you know, um, as you're talking about everything with the coronavirus, but I'm also thinking about just so many different philosophies in this country. I mean, all the stuff with critical race theory and all the things uh, that are just going on that are just seem so counter to our values as Americans and, and the open border and, and the way things are being handled in Ukraine. Boy, are there, there are just so many questions right now. Um, it, it's really incredible. Uh, let's go to John on line one in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I just, you know, I agree. There's so much going on that should should be taken care of. Our, we're overpopulated the way it is. Our southern border is wide open. Small towns that, like I live in, we have things called town halls. Yep. Where you get where you get together and you ask questions and you try and get answers. Why can't we have a national hall where the Congress and Senate sit down and us as the Americans ask questions on what's going on? What are you going to do? Yeah, I like that, by the way, because there should be more access to our politicians. That's a great idea. Um, and we should press that. You know, I, and I think, by the way, I think everybody who is running for office should be forced to have several of those town halls where it's free for all. You can ask whatever you want in a respectful way. Uh, but that way you really get to know what you're voting for and what you don't want to vote for. John, great point. Thank you very much. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Eric on line four, your thoughts. Uh, hey, Rita, as far as Fauci goes, he's a bureaucrat. You know, I think I think someone asked him last year about the, the board. He said, oh, it's not in my purview. You know what I mean? So he's just going to go along with, with whatever. My question was about the guy, the murderer. Um, had he been deported before? Oh, that's a good you question. Know, you see, you see yeah. What happens, like it's escalation. They escalate. You know, if you don't punish them, someone for something, they're going to escalate. Yeah, like, I don't know. Good. That's a great yeah. question, Eric. Um, and thanks for the call because that's a great question because 
We know that ICE wants him. We know that they say he was here, according to reports, illegally. This is the guy who stabbed the woman. First of all, slashed her throat. It's horrible. Stabbed her 60 times. He was the handyman of this woman in Queens. It's just it's this horrible, horrible story. But I I'm trying to see if he actually had ever been deported before. I just know that we're finding out that he was not here legally, according to numerous reports. Um, but it'll be interesting to find out, just like you said, was there something else in his background that we don't know? Uh, let's go to Diane on line seven. Diane, your thoughts. Yeah. Hi. OK. Um, <laughs> I think I would not be surprised if Biden um, does another victory again, uh, both times, the uh, midterm and then, you know, the other one. Diane, wait, wait, wait. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? Because we've already had oh, have over 2 million illegals in this country. When Title 42 gets lifted, we'll have a few hundred more, and guess how they're going to be voting? Hello? And not only that, but by continuing to um, scare the American public and bring in all these sick people. Hey, Diane, Diane, Diane hang on a second, Diane, cause just because your connection's really bad. But I hear what you're saying. Um, that's an interesting point. But they're first of all, they're not supposed to be able to vote. Uh, granted, that's that's what I said. They're supposed to be able to vote. Um, there are plans, as we're knowing that maybe they're going to try to get them uh, amnesty, some individuals who are there. A lot of people suspect that. We've had Ken Cuccinelli, who is a former, of course, Deputy Homeland Security Secretary on the show. He believes, just like you, Diane, that it's sort of this master plan and that at some point he's going to try to blanket amnesty all these people that are there. And just like you said, lo and behold, they're going to vote Democrat. Unbelievable. Um, now, everybody, I want to talk about also one other thing tonight, because there's some serious stuff also coming out of Ukraine, too, as well. And Jimmy actually kind of touched on it just now, because Jimmy was talking about some of these big concerns of what is happening over in China, um, concerns of ties with China and Russia, and just so many of these things that are going on there. And there is now a real, real fear of Vladimir Putin really escalating the battle in Ukraine. And I want to get your thoughts tonight as to what we should do. We're finally getting some military hardware that the Ukrainians have wanted forever to them. But this president has been so slow. He was a disaster in the withdrawal in Afghanistan. And he's been a withdrawal, I just think, an utter disaster in the way he has handled the whole issue with Ukraine. I think had he built up the military hardware, had he built up troops along the border on those NATO states, along the border of Ukraine, I bet you Putin might have been thwarted. A lot of people believe that, and that's Democrats as well. And so tonight, there are Russian state TV hosts that are like giggling. There's a report that they're uncontrollably giggling on air as they're discussing nuking New York City with one of Vladimir Putin's new intercontinental ballistic missiles, that they're kind of giddy and proud in Russia of what Vladimir Putin is doing. How do we turn this around and how concerned are you as Mariupol is being closed in like there is no tomorrow? That's that town city, that's that port city that has that steel plant that is surrounded by Russian troops tonight. Well, we do every week. Um, it's a great podcast. It is called Protecting America. And every week I get a chance to talk to newsmakers 
about different issues. We've talked about the border like we were just talking about. We've talked about crime a lot, too, on it. We've also talked a lot about Russia, Ukraine. And this week, one of my guests was General Blaine Holt, former C-17 commander. So he knows what he's talking about. He also was a representative to NATO, a military representative to NATO. And he said that it is time for Biden to get a backbone and to not be intimidated by Vladimir Putin, that Vladimir Putin is blustering. He's blustering with his people who are, again, boasting about all these things. And he thinks it is pivotal right now that we support the Ukrainians or else. Take a listen to what he had to say. How do you read our president and his handling of this? To be very blunt, I would say the past 14 months, they haven't really had that great a year. Starts out with a bludgeoning diplomatically with China. Moves on to witnessing the Russian troops last March starting to appear on the Ukrainian frontier. This utter disaster called Afghanistan after a 20-year war, it ends this way. And we're all horrified. And we're still trying to get people out of there as we speak. And then we flow into this problem. So I'm looking at a national security team that looks more at what the downsides could be of any type of action, meaning they're on eggshells. Don't escalate. Don't do this. Let's declare what an offensive weapon is as opposed to a defensive weapon. I've got news for you. If you had a weapon and it's a rock, the rock is offensive and defensive, as it turns out. So (laughs) if it's a MiG, it's both. So we parse these words and we hand ring over these things because we don't want to escalate. And meanwhile, the enemy Putin and his army are escalating nonstop. Absolutely. We have to make sure that we have a spine. And I contend, had we had a backbone before all this, when he was amassing like 70,000 troops at the border, we probably wouldn't be in this situation. But Putin smells weakness. So I think this president has been weak on the border, and he is weak with Ukraine's borders as well. By the way, you can listen to the whole podcast. It's called Protecting America. You can get it wherever you download your podcast. It's the full discussion with General Blaine Holt. It is a powerful discussion. He's got some amazing insights as to what he thinks our government should do now. What are some of the things that we should do immediately to help Ukraine? And he believes that it is pivotal because that town, the city of Mariupol, on the eastern part of the country is surrounded right now by Russian troops who are trying to starve them out. And he believes making sure that Mariupol doesn't fall and that Odessa, which is more to the south, and that's a a port city down there in the southern part, he says those two cities need to absolutely stay in Ukrainian hands and that we need to make sure we do everything we can so it does not go over into other borders, because that's the word from Zelensky tonight. He came out and said to the world, you know what? You better protect Ukraine, because after Putin goes through Ukraine, he's going further. What do you think of all of these comments? Well, for sure, take a look at this new podcast. It's called Protecting America. You can get it again wherever you get your podcasts. And my guest this week is General Blaine Holt. We put it up just a few hours ago. You can also get it on Rita Cosby Online. As well, RitaCosbyOnline.com, and you can download the latest episode there. He is terrific, and his insights are so important. When we come back, I'm going to take your calls on Ukraine. What do you think we should do, and how has this president handled Ukraine and foreign policy and world security? 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the latest in Ukraine because... Now, Boris Johnson, of course, the prime minister of England, came out and he said 
that he thinks that this war could go on for a long, long time, even could continue to the end of next year, maybe even at the earliest. Wow. And this comes as that port city of Mariupol is just surrounded. And there's a lot of questions on getting the weaponry that Ukraine needs because Zelensky says, hey, listen, you better hurry up and get us the weapons because we're getting cornered in a number of cities right now because the Russians have regrouped. And he says in Mariupol, they're outnumbered 10 to 1. And once he goes through Ukraine, he's going to keep on going. He's saying, take a listen. This is General Jack Keane's assessment of what he thinks that basically what the Ukrainians need now and need it immediately from a weapons perspective. And he says, he says, this is going to be really an intense ground war and we got to keep the weapons coming. Take a listen. When the Ukrainian positions were north of Kiev, fighting them in the suburbs and the small towns, they were moving around from building to building at night, ambushing those armored columns. Now, And they were never able to bring their artillery to bear. They couldn't get it down to be able to pommel Kiev with it. Now that artillery is pounding those Ukrainian positions. It's in full force doing that. And my concern is they'll eventually wear them down and they'll be able to make penetrations. They're not making many penetrations right now, very small scale. And that is why we need to get these drones in there that can take out that artillery, and that's on, that's coming. And also artillery can take out artillery. Yeah, that's why we need to get the hardware fast. Let's go to your calls, everybody. Go to Michael on line one. Michael, what do you make of this president's policy and the fact that they're still begging for weapons that the U.S. promised them a long time ago. Oh, you mean the president has a policy? The only policy he has is maybe a life insurance policy. This is disastrous. Um, Russia is interested in the Ukraine for one reason, wheat and rare earth minerals. That is what he is after. And the fact that it's taken us so long to ship in military hardware is, is embarrassing. And let me ask you a question. I, there are who knows how many oligarchs that have been uh, put on the list that they can't do any uh, trading. You know the one that isn't? The mayor of Moscow's wife. She is an oligarch. She is not on the list. Why? Because she gave at least $5 million to the drug addict Biden's son. Now, no hey, let me ask you, Michael, that. by the way, because you're right, the mayor of Moscow's wife, um, I didn't realize she's not on the list, but I'm not surprised based on all the double standards that we have seen. What does that say to you, Michael? <laughs> I knew I'd get a laugh out of you on a Friday night, Michael. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. It says, oh, gee, I hope the Republicans win and we go after Biden tooth and nail. And I hope Durham finishes up his investigation of of Biden's son. There is so much crap involved with him. Listen to Schweitzer. Listen to. um, Yeah, Peter Schweitzer. Yep. Peter Schweitzer and the other guy, John Solomon, they have all this information. That well, and, and also, Michael, it was blocked. Remember, it was blocked for so long. And what to me is so disturbing, as you're talking about the Hunter Biden case, what's so disturbing to me 
is that not only was it blocked, it was blocked right before an election. And there were polls that came out after the election where people said, and these were Democrats and also independents as well, who said, I might not have voted for President Joe Biden had I known this beforehand. So to me, it played such a pivotal role. How could you block that kind of information out that now we know is a fact? Now we know that the laptop's real. We always knew it was, but they didn't want anybody to know about it. And you're right. We got to get to the bottom of that, especially that guy. I'm thinking Hunter Biden. He couldn't tell the difference between Parmesan cheese and crack cocaine. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.